everything God promised, God fulfills. And yet, look how many years down the road it took. A long time. And now it's happening just like God says. And also you find in the book of Luke, in chapter 19, where he talks about that God says, because of your rebellion, because you did not believe that Jesus Christ was God who came to visit the house of Israel. He says, the country of Jerusalem, the temple, the walls, is all going to be destroyed. And it happened just like he said it would. Just a coincidence? No, this is God. Everybody wants to know, if there is a real, true, and living God, why don't God reveal himself? He did. He told you how he would do it in advance. Wouldn't that be the best way to do it? If he just showed up right now and you said, hey, I'm God. What if I told you I was? Would you believe that? Why? I mean, don't I look like God? Y'all ain't cooperating at all. But with the Lord, see, he was told exactly he had to be of the line of David, of the tribe of Judah, born in Bethlehem. All these are prophecies in advance. And he said before he came on the scene, John the Baptist would come on the scene and be the voice crying in the wilderness and talking about the salvation of the Lord from Isaiah chapter 40. Coincidence? Not a coincidence. Also found in the book of Malachi. But notice, he makes a statement down here in verse 74 that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And that thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest. For thou shalt go before the face of the L-O-R-D, the Lord. See, the scriptures keep talking about Jesus Christ being God. You cannot deny that. And when it says in the Old Testament, the book of uh, Isaiah, chapter 9 and verse 6, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and he shall be called Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Jesus is called God, the Everlasting Father. How can you have an Everlasting Father if you don't have an Everlasting Son? Duh. So if you're going to be an Everlasting Father, you had to have an Everlasting Son. Jesus Christ existed before this world came into being. It says all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. So that means nobody made him. He's always existed. You see, it's hard for people to understand how it, God could have always been. But can you fathom the idea that you will always be? Just think from this point on, you can't explain before, but you will always be. And you're going to be somewhere. That's why I'm so glad that I know I'm going to be with the Lord. I'm going to have eternal life, and I have it. But notice these three things here. There's about three things mentioned here real quick. I just want to show you this. In verse 77, he's going to take and say, to give knowledge of salvation. Down in verse 79, to give a light. And also the last part of 79, to guide our feet. To give knowledge of salvation. See, people need to understand that when he's talking about this one that comes after me, he is our salvation. He is our righteousness. He is our wisdom. He is our sanctification. Whatever we need, he is it. Have you ever seen in the back of cars, you always say, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. And you think, well, what was the question? But Jesus is the answer, but you've got to know what the question is. You see, to go to heaven, 
He is the way. When it comes to what is truth, He, he is the truth. What about eternal life? Well, He is eternal life. That's who He is. He is the answer to everything. He is the solution to all the problems in this world. Did you know that all the problems we're having in America, He is the answer. And if there's anything the world today doesn't want, and majority of the people in America don't want, it's Christ. And yet He's the solution. Because what if everybody in America would just trust Christ as their Savior and really understand it, really believe it, and started loving each other the way we should and treating each other the way we should? Daddies would love their moms, the wives. And, and, and the wives, everybody loved their kids. And, and nobody rebellious. And stop all this divorces and all this shacking up and everything else that's going on. Wouldn't it be wonderful if all of our politicians were honest? I know, that's, that's asking too much. This is why Jesus Christ could not come today and to be born in Washington, D.C., because they would have trouble finding three wise men. And we'll move right along. I could go further than that, but I'm not going to do it. But in verse 79, to give light to them that sit in darkness. You see, there's those that are in the nation of Israel. See there in verse 77, unto his people. Then in verse 79, to those that were in darkness and don't have the truth. You see, Israel had an advantage because they had the word of God. They had the prophets. But there's others that don't have a clue. And sometimes I love taking the gospel to those that have never heard it before. And when they hear it and they understand how they can have eternal life and know they're going to heaven when they die, man, they just kind of like light up because they see the light. And it makes so much sense to them. To hear it, to see it, believe it. And the last part of verse 79 says, and to guide our feet. See, after you know the Lord, did you know that if you would let the Lord guide your steps, did you know it leads to peace and joy and happiness? In this life, so many people are in such great turmoil and such despair. If they only knew the Lord and loved the Lord and walked with the Lord, You'd be surprised what God can do. And get what he says in verse 80 now. And the child grew, talking about John the Baptist, waxed strong in spirit, was in the desert till the day of his showing unto Israel. Now, this is what John the Baptist was to do. Now, take your Bible look in the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John, chapter 1. Gospel of John in chapter 1. He is, from verse 6 to verse 15, talking about Christ, the light of the world. He is the light of the world. Verse 29 and 30, he is the Lamb of God. Who said so? Well, that John fellow. Now, the one that wrote this is not the same John. This is John the Apostle, John the Beloved. This is John who lived a long time and wrote also the book of 1st and 2nd, 3rd John and uh, Revelation. And so that's a different John. Uh, he was a young man that leaned on Christ. Uh, this John the Baptist. John the Baptist. See there in verse 5. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Now the ministry begins. What was the purpose of John's ministry? Well, it was talking about the Lord. You see, what I'm talking to you about right now, this is really the Christmas story. 
The Christmas story isn't just about his birth. The Christmas story is about his death, more than his birth, believe it or not. Because, you see, if he was just born, that's not the end of it. All you know is a baby was born. But by his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead, now you and I know. Otherwise, he would have been just in the, if he had never came out of that grave. It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ that's what we depend upon to get us to heaven. I'm not trusting a baby that was born in a crib. But I know it was Jesus, and I believe that with all my heart. But if he had not done anything else, it wouldn't have saved a soul. You see, he has to live and go under all the testings of the law and earn the right to be our near kinsman so that he could redeem us. But look what he says. In verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness, to bear witness of the light. He was the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And he says, to bear witness of the light that get this. And you ought to know, why did John do what he did? And what message did he have? What was the purpose of his life? Get this, all men through him, Christ, might be Leave. That was John the Baptist's message. So he preached to get everybody to believe on Jesus Christ. Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing today? See, the message hasn't changed. It's still the same. And the reason we preach that people can see the light is so that they might believe that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that by believing, you may have life through his name. That was the purpose of the whole book of John. And look what else he says in verse 8. He was not that light. See, you and I are not the light. He is the light. And while he was here, he says, I am the light of the world. But whenever he left, he says, now, ye are the lights of the world. And you and I are the salt of the earth and the light. So we're supposed to let people see the Lord through the gospel message. You see, the gospel message itself is a portrait of God. You cannot see God, but the only way you can see God is through His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ hath revealed Him, hath manifested Him. And so whenever we give the gospel, we're giving you a portrait of the face of the Son of God so that you, by hearing the gospel, will know what God is like. Without the gospel, you can't see God. Because the gospel lets us see a lot of things, not only about ourselves, but about him. You see, whenever you tell somebody the gospel story, and simply put, it goes like this. There's four points that refers to the man, to us. And there's three that refers to the Lord. And this helps us to see what we're like and what God is like. Because unless you understand yourself, you don't understand God. Because you see, you have to see how bad you are to see how good He is. This hand represents you and me. And the wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. But we don't see how bad that is. It's not that bad. Of course, when everybody's doing it, we're not that bad. So God gave the law so that we can kind of compare. Oh, God is righteous, and He showed me the law. 
And the law says, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, and we did. So we see how bad we are because of the law of God. And God says the wages of sin, breaking His law of perfection and His righteousness, we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So to pay for that is eternal separation from God in hell. And the Bible says you and I cannot earn eternal life. We cannot work our way to heaven. We cannot save ourselves. All of that is bad news. I'm a sinner. That's bad. Got to go to hell. That's bad. Got to be perfect to go to heaven. That's bad. Can't earn my way. That, that's bad. Boy, there's a lot of bad news. But when I understood that Jesus Christ, who is God in the flesh, who had no sinful nature, couldn't sin, lived a perfect law under the same law, but he never broke a law. No one could find any fault in him. He was that holy thing that was born into the world. And so Jesus Christ had no sin. And he lived for 30 years without any sin. He said, who convinces me of sin? No one could. Only witnesses against him were false witnesses. So Jesus Christ had no sin. Therefore, he didn't have to die. But because he loves us, he took all the sin of all the world. And he paid for it on the cross came back from the dead and said that if you and I, if we would believe he did it for us, he would put this payment to our account and we go to heaven on what he did. See, Christ coming into the world and dying for the sins of the world, that's good news. Coming back from the dead, that's good news. If we simply believe he did it for us by belief alone, that's good news. And I can know I have eternal life and know I'm going to heaven, that's good news. That's why the gospel is good news, and that's why we want to give it. But you'll notice when he says in verse 8, He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Then he says in verse 11, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as, look what it says, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Get what he says. Anyone who will simply believe it and trust him can have eternal life, can be born into his family. Because look at the next verse. In verse 13 says, which were born, get this, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man. You see, your new birth, you have to be born again to be born into God's family. You can't wish it to be done. You can't will it to be done. You can't work it to be done. It's only by God. The new birth isn't something of the old birth making it happen. What that means is, is you don't get the new birth and get to become a child of God and go to heaven when you die because of something you, you can do. It's nothing you can do as an you know, ongoing thing for the rest of your life. If I'm good enough and if I work hard and if I try my best. No. I was talking to a lady last night and I asked her, I says, ma'am, where are you going to go when you die? She said, oh, I'm going to heaven. I says, are you sure? I am positive, 100% sure I know that I'm going to heaven when I die. Now, you would think that she probably knows the Lord, right? I says, is there anything you could do that could keep you from going to heaven? <laughs> Lots of things. 
I said, is it possible you could do those things? Well, of course it's possible. I said, how can you sit here and tell me you know positively, beyond a shout out, you're going to go to heaven when you die, and yet there's a possibility you could do all these bad things and still go to hell? Can you see my reasoning? But you know, there's some people that are blind, they cannot see that. See, if I'm really trusting Christ as my Savior, He can give me eternal life today and keep me saved. If He can forgive me of everything I've already done, why can't He already forgive me for the one I'm going to do? He did it for that way, why can't He do it that way? I mean, if it's free, it's still free. Have you ever heard somebody on the TV, they're advertising, absolutely free, absolutely free. All you got to do is buy these two tires, and these two tires are absolutely free. Try going in there and getting those, just those two tires. Try it. Well, you, they are free if you'll buy. No, 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 no. You said they're absolutely free. I think some people think that's the way God is with the gospel. When God says free, I think he means free. Nothing. You don't have to earn it. You don't deserve it because grace is just the opposite of deserving it. And some people can't believe that. You mean you, all you got to do is trust Christ as your Savior and He'll give you eternal life and you can know that you're going to heaven when you die? Well, yes. You can't tell me you can just trust Christ as your Savior and go out here and be bad and do all these sins and still go to heaven when you die? Why can't I tell you that? It's the truth. I don't have a right to change what God says just because I don't want people to live in sin. I believe that and I try to live as godly as I know how. I believe that when you trust Christ as your Savior, you become a child of God. I just also believe that if you're a child of God, you ought to live like it. But not to get to heaven, but because you're going to heaven. I've got three children, the hard way, one wife. My, my, my three children, born into my family, they're always my kids. When they do something wrong, I don't say, get out of here and go to hell, I'm through with you. No, 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 I say, come on in. Yeah, come on in. And then I show them how much I loved them. But I loved them anymore, I killed them. When you trust Christ as your Savior, you become a child of God. And when God becomes your father and you become his child, he won't ever cast you out, never lose you for no reason. But because he's your father, he will chasten and discipline you. He will correct you. But he can't send you to hell. I couldn't go to hell if I tried. I haven't tried. But I can't go there. Going to heaven is the best news in the world. But look what he says. In verse 14, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And this is the Word that's mentioned all the way back in the book of Isaiah in chapter 40. Because he says, All we are like grass of the field, and we're all going to die and fade away. But the Word is coming, and He lives forever. And whenever you read in the book of Peter, and talks about it in chapter 1, verse 22, in 23, it makes a statement that the Word of God, we are born by the Word of God which liveth and abideth forever. Verse 15 says, John bear witness of him, cried saying that this was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me. And get this, and you ought to underline these words, for he was before me. Here's a man, John, testifying that this man that he's prophesying that's coming right after him was preferred before him because he was before me. That's why they had a problem with, when Jesus says, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. 
And he said, what do you mean? You're not even 50 years old. How can you say that Abraham rejoiced to see your day when you're not even 50 years old? Before Abraham was, I am. Jesus Christ, he is the Lord. He is God. So when you reject Christ, you're rejecting God that created the heavens and the earth. Because, remember, he made the world. See there in verse 1, just look at it real quickly. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Well, anyway, look there in chapter 1 and verse 18. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, He hath declared Him. Jesus Christ reveals God. I used to make the statement, you know, people want to know, prove to me there's a God. What am I supposed to do? Get up there and get a hold of God and pull him down and say, there he is. But I have come to the conclusion that every time I do this, I am reaching up there and bringing God down for people to see him. And whenever you see that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, and you see that he died on the cross and paid for all of your sins. And when you see that he came back again from the dead, and when you see how good he is to give you as a free gift everlasting in life, when you see all of that, you've seen God. Because you see, it's the story that lets you see, I'm a sinner, I'm wicked, I'm undone, I can't save myself, I'm condemned, I'm hopelessly lost. And look what Christ has done for me. He shows me, Mercy, I don't get to go to hell. He shows me grace, I get to go to heaven. He shows me forgiveness, I don't pay for any of my sins. You see, I wouldn't know any of that if it wasn't for the gospel story. So you're seeing what God thinks about sin. You're seeing what God thinks about you. He loves you so much that He was willing to do all of this for us. And then you get to see how perfect He is and righteous He is and how holy He is. The love of God. The power of God. You see, whenever you hear the story, you're getting a picture of God. And what messes up the picture is when you try to add human works to the message. When you try to add to what God does, it's like taking a Rembrandt and you want to add some finishing touches on it. I think it would look better with a little bit of this. And you say, well, I think all you got to do is trust Christ as Savior. But you also got to go to church and you got to get some money, 20% inflation. And you got to do all these good deeds. See, when you start adding on like that, you're ruining the image of God because you distort the gospel. The gospel in its purity gives you the clearest picture you'll ever see of God Almighty. And then whenever it comes over here in John chapter 1, look at verse 29. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and he says, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. In verse 30, This is he of whom I said, After me cometh the man which is beferred before me, for, and he says it again, he was before me. So here's John the Baptist down at the river. He's baptizing and Jesus Christ shows up. And so he says to the crowd, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Do you think 
John the Baptist understood what he was saying? This was the Lamb of God that God sent into the world to be the sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. That's the only way our sins can be taken away. He did it for us. Best news in all the world. Look up here just one more time. You and me, sin. We've all sinned. We've all come short of God's perfection. But He loves us. He loves you. And He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, God's Son, into the world because He loves us. He hates our sin because it separates us from Him. So Jesus Christ took the sin, paid for it on the cross, and came back from the dead. He said, if you will believe it, that I did that for you, I will put this payment to your account. And you get to go to heaven on what he did. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Will you believe he did it for you? Let's pray, shall we? If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, would you just talk to the Lord right now and say something simple like this? Nobody can hear your thoughts. You can't make a mistake. Only the true and living God can hear you. He knows your mind. Why don't you say something like this? Lord, I, I don't understand it all. I, I got questions. I even got some doubts. I know I'm not perfect. And I heard that Jesus died and paid for my sins. And the best I know how, Right now, I will accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. I believe He died for me. And friend, if you will believe that, and you will trust Him, God says He would give you right now as a free gift, everlasting life. Would you trust Him? I'm going to ask in just a moment for a raise of hand. Raising your hand doesn't save you. It just lets me know that you understood what I said. And you're saying, yes, preacher, that made sense to me And this morning. I'm trusting Christ to take me to heaven whenever I die. And friend, I'd like to know it, and I'd like to have prayer for you. But this is what I preach for. I want to be a help. I want to be a blessing. And if you will trust Christ as your Savior this morning, and you wouldn't mind letting me know, so I can have prayer for you, would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Anyone at all? Just slip it up real quick. Yes, God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. Anyone else? Just You can put it down. If you trust Christ right now as your Savior, God saves you right now and gives you eternal life. Father, we thank you so much for those that indicated by an uplifted hand that they would trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. And by doing so, they become your child. You'll never cast them out and never lose them. That when they leave, they can say, I know I'm going to heaven because this morning I trusted Christ as my only hope of going to heaven. Lord, we just ask your blessings upon each one here because we want, we want more people to trust your Savior. And we want to be used. And we want to do it through music and through the message. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.